0: Welcome to the new MSology podcast series. I'm your host, Stephen Manners, editor of MSology. For this series, we've invited specialist MS nurses from across Canada to talk about some of the symptoms you may experience in your day-to-day life with MS. For this podcast, our topic is MS fatigue. And to talk about it, I'm very happy to welcome two guests Cheryl Clark, an MS specialist nurse in Toronto, Ontario, and Shirley McGowan, an MS specialist nurse in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. So Cheryl, I'll start with you. Um, Can you explain MS fatigue to us? How does it differ from regular fatigue?
1: Fatigue happens to be one of those symptoms that are quite common among uh, persons with MS and is usually characterized by an overwhelming sense of tiredness Uh, The patient may complain that even on awakening or sleeping, they're not feeling rested enough. Um, They may have difficulty um, engaging in sustained activity. And it can feel exhausting just thinking and concentrating and doing things as well as having an impact on physical function.
0: So that makes your day very difficult and makes working very difficult.
1: It can be challenging. affecting everything about, um, you know, lifestyle and engaging with their families, work and employment and it just um, can cause some social isolation if you're not able to, you know, do the things you want to do or uh, spend time with friends and family.
0: Now Shirley, uh, fatigue is kind of a hidden symptom. Uh, Mm -hmm. Is it difficult to explain or to get your family members and friends to understand The nature of MS fatigue?
2: Well I think it it can be very difficult because a person can externally look like they're fine and inside just have that overwhelming sense of I cannot physically put one foot in front of the other and so people looking from the outside see somebody that looks perfectly healthy on the inside and yet they're not able to function in a day-to-day life whether it's going to work or working at home at times, um, so yeah, that very very difficult.
0: So that must be a challenge to relationships because people may perceive it to be, you know, laziness, or or you're not getting your job done, or you're not fulfilling your roles, and that sort of thing.
2: Right. So it's very important for patients to try to explain to their family, to their friends, what is going on inside. And I think another part of that is um, helping to helping employers to also understand that they're not perhaps um, functioning at full level at work and it's not always because um, they can't. Uh, they, they're just physically unable to to complete a full day at times.
0: So Cheryl, what, what can a person do, um, either at, in the work environment or the home environment, what can they do to cope with that sense of fatigue?
1: So the first point, and I'll um, concur with uh, Shirley's point, which was communicating the limitation to your family, friends, and employers. Um, it goes a long way toward um, helping them to help you. Uh, if they understand what's happening, um, then it uh, will get the steps going for um, modifying the things you can and can do. So you may have to have this discussion with your employer so that they can modify your work activity. Your family may have to be um, uh, service delegates to certain things you have to do. Um, So certain activities may have to, you know, patients will have to learn to pace themselves. They may have to work with a therapist to look at what their day looks like, the level of activities that they're um, participating in, and if there has to be some change in lifestyle to, make this uh, more manageable, make their days more manageable.
0: Now, is there a time of day when maybe they're higher, have more uh, highly functioning, such as in the morning and so on? Some, it...
1: some patients do find that um, uh, they may feel, you know, they, they may have more energy um, at certain points of the day, but I find that when it's an acute case of uh, fatigue, it really doesn't seem to matter for some patients. If there are points in the day when um, they have more energy, then of course, you know, that's where the education comes in, in terms of trying to get, you know, some of the more important things done in the day,
0: Um, and certainly… So maybe a person should be doing a kind of a self-assessment if they're tracking their symptoms over time and they say, you know, mornings are good for me or the afternoons are good for me that's when I should be doing certain things, certain tasks?
2: I I would agree with that for sure, yeah. So try to fit your activities that have to be done for the day into those times of the day that you are feeling a little more energized.
0: Now is it okay for them to be taking breaks, to maybe have a lie down or uh, take a nap for for 20 minutes?
1: That may very well be required for some patients. Um, They may have to take uh, breaks at um, whatever interval that, you know, is uh, appropriate to help them to, you know, get the things that they need to get done. Um, the other things we have to look at, of course, is, you know, contributing factors um, that uh, they may be able to eliminate or modify. Okay. Surely, are there contributing
0: factors that they can talk Well, about?
2: well certainly there are, and I think that outside of MS itself, some other external factors need to be ruled out as contributing to fatigue. And some of these can, uh, they should talk to their health um, health care team about. Perhaps it's a low iron level that they have or a low vitamin b12 level. Perhaps the thyroid is is um, low as well. And then sleep apnea which is either undiagnosed or untreated can certainly contribute to fatigue that a patient or a person experiences. So having these things ruled out initially um, is a good step to knowing how to proceed with your day-to-day life.
0: Okay, and uh, presumably one of the contributing factors also could be depression.
2: Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Um, So certainly uh, being observant, um, talking to your family, being open with them to be watchful for depression or anxiety in yourself. And if you do need help, certainly seeking um, help through your health professional too.
0: Now, is there a concern about um, the, how how doctors and nurses may perceive that, you know, if you're complaining of maybe you don't want to, sh- to talk to them about depressed symptoms or fatigue? Uh, they may not be perceived as kind of physical problems.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, a good part of this, um, you know, when, when a patient comes to us or they're, you know, reporting fatigue, a part of that assessment should include You know, looking at sleep hygiene and their mood. And it's by doing this assessment, we have this opportunity to also teach them, you know, that indeed sometimes this is how um, other conditions will manifest itself in the form of fatigue. And certainly there's nothing to be ashamed of. And, um, you know, a lot of patients, when they are actually treated for other underlying reasons for the fatigue, they're um, quite. um, they do see the benefit, you know, of uh, other contributing factors that is outside of, you know, fatigue itself.
0: Yeah, and, and and I guess they need to understand that fatigue is very much a part of the disease. It's not
1: Right, and can even be um, associated with a relapse.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it can certainly happen uh, independently and just due to, you know, circumstances and other stressors, but uh, it certainly can coincide with other symptoms um, characterizing the relapse.
2: And I agree with that 100%. I think that too, we have to think about the medications that the patient is also on. Some of the medications used for treatment of um, MS symptoms, such as pain or spasticity, can certainly contribute towards the fatigue that they are they're experiencing. And So to be mindful of, of the whole patient, what they're, what they're doing, what they're taking, what is happening in their life, and what is causing or contributing to the fatigue.
0: So they really need to go see their MS nurse and get a whole review of their situation. hmm
2: mm-hmm.
0: great. And then Absolutely. you can come up with a, a tailored plan for them?
2: We can help with that or refer them to an occupational therapist who can help them to um, institute a plan for their day.
1: Yeah, and there are also medication alternatives that are um, central nervous system stimulants that uh, may help some patients
0: um, to manage fatigue. And so that's all done very much on a case-by-case basis, I guess? Yes.
2: Right. So, you know, the other things to help with managing fatigue other than perhaps an occupational therapist mm-hmm. is something you can do at home. Hydration is really important, making sure that you're well hydrated. Um, uh, exercise uh, not jumping in with both feet to start an exercise program but baby steps to to exercise and exercise has really proven benefits for mental and uh, physical health for sure and has benefits for fatigue management as well.
0: Um, so it could be something as minimal as going for a walk or for 20 mm-hmm. minutes a day kind of Yeah, mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be pumping iron and going off to the gym.
2: No not at all. Um, Optimizing nutrition, optimizing body weight are both two other things that a person can do to help manage the fatigue Mm -hmm. and a cool environment. A lot of people when they're exposed to heat um, will become quite weak and fatigued.
0: Okay, so they should avoid hot baths and and, uh, hot tubs and so on?
2: Generally a good idea to avoid, yes.
0: Okay. Um, Now are there devices that people use, you know, Cooling vests you read about on the internet and so on, uh, do those things work?
1: It does for some patients, it does. Mm -hmm. Um, In
0: terms of just feeling
1: generally comfortable, but uh, feeling more um, rested. Um,
2: Yeah, And also uh, bracing appropriately too. So for patients who are having difficulty with mobility, um, that can cause fatigue, just mobilizing uh, with a foot drop or other such condition and having proper bracing can really minimize the work of walking and help with the fatigue.
0: Okay. Those are good tips. Other tips that you can offer for people?
1: Just getting to know your body, um, realizing um, when you need to back off certain activities, when you need to um, rest, when you need to delegate, um, and seeking
2: help.
0: And enlist your family members, get the the kids doing that laundry for you.
2: <laughs> right on.
0: Yeah. you can't do it all yourself.
2: <laughs> there are some medication options that you could speak to your physician about as well. A couple: uh, amantadine, modafinil, Concertar, Some medication options, um, but the best management re- is really um, through optimizing everything else.
0: So you really need to to manage your life. You need to manage your energy. I guess, for your day.
2: Yeah, that's right. And maybe reset reset your expectations on what you can accomplish in a day and don't beat yourself up because of what you can't do. Okay, very good. Last point.
0: Final points you'd like to make? Uh, final
1: comments? Sarah? I, l- I like the bit about realistic, setting realistic expectation because sometimes it can be a new normal for that person who is always high energy and, you know, um, our patients come in and they say, oh, I used to hike and I used to swim and I used to... And I say, if you can still do a bit of that, still do it. You may have to do it at a lower intensity or less
2: frequently, but... Um,
0: but you can still achieve those things.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. surely. And just maintaining positive thoughts. Um, positivity can, can really contribute to your well-being.
0: Okay, very good. Well, thank you both. That's all we have time for in this podcast, but tune into to the other podcasts in this series to learn more about other MS symptoms. I'd like to thank today's guests, Cheryl Clark from Toronto and Shirley McGowan from Saskatoon. This podcast was produced by Anne Saint-Michel. All of the technical production was by Raphael Cavieri And a special thanks to Kate Stella for her work on the program. I'm Stephen Manners.